The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Wilburton. I'm your host. It is, we're listening to the podcast, Tuesday, April 5th, maybe. But it's a mock draft Monday if we're live on YouTube. We are indeed live on YouTube right now. Myself and Ryan Wilson to break down mock draft Monday. Ryan Wilson, didn't, did you, you didn't even watch Duke Carolina game on Saturday, did you? Not one second. But I got that going for me. Michael, Dean. Roy, Coach Gut, Sam Perkins, James Worthy, all heroes. Britson, Hubert on that picture? Loser, this guy over here. No, Hubert, Hubert would have been later. Hubert was like, 90. oh no, no, Hubert's much later. Yeah, he's uh, Hubert might have been J.R. Reed time, I think. Yeah, he was. Um, Hubert was. Uh, <laughs> I like you. You're so adamant about that, but you thought he was on the '82 team. Get no, it. no, no. I, we we were talking about this the other night, and we just got um, and it's, it's it's all it all kind of blend together because they're very similar teams. I think. Anyway, it's not a Carolina podcast. It can be. It doesn't need to be. Devo, big Carolina fan back in the day, too. Disgusting. So it was old man Spanky uh, Wankman, Sean Wagner McGuff. He was a huge Carolina fan, too. Bunch of bandwagon fans, pathetic losers. I'll give you credit for sticking with losers. Yeah, Fitting. that's right. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, you got the four-star tight end recruit. There you go. On the bright side, I did. Yeah, I do have a big um, – I got a big – I mean, if Carolina wins, I can – I'll emotionally, I'll be fine. Why wouldn't you be able to find motion? You're a forty year old man who's twenty something years away from college. Well, I, have a, I bet Carolina ninety five to one to win the title before the ACC tournament. So, oh, you will be fine. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll soldier through. All right, is uh, it a uh, breach bet? You bet like a dollar, you can make ninety five bucks, or is it a little? Uh, no, I think it's more than that. A little we'll Brenton bet. All right, we'll um, let's dive into the mock draft though, because it it is indeed mock draft season, and we. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I didn't read the rundown, obviously. Gusters for lovers, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, Gusters for lovers. Hi, YouTube. Thanks for clicking on this video. We'd love for you to like and subscribe if you haven't already as you watch our Mock Draft pod, mock draft Monday po- episode. Let's podcast. That was supposed to be a cold open. I think I botched that. Yeah, I'll give you a 3 out of 10 on that one. Thanks. Leave a five-star review with a question on Apple if you want to have that question answered for the mailbag. Of course, like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. We're going to talk about some trade-up and trade-down candidates. We'll start with trade-up candidates. And I feel we, like we, we should have like a uh, intro music for this. Trade-up, 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 trade-down. 911. Go Tar Heels. You go. There it is. <laughs> Love it. Sure. Right, people keep – I don't know why I've been asking. Like all week long, the last week, I haven't even been asked about football. It's like Masters – Golf talk and then Carolina Duke. It's like, so how are you handling it? Like, what do you do? What are you rooting for as a state fan? I'm like, like a, I mean, not a natural disaster, but you know, well, not, it's not an asteroid, but I mean, you know, maybe like a small comet. What's the difference between a comet and an asteroid? That was going to be a follow up. I, I don't know. Well, it's maybe yours is worse, but people ask me, and I'm like, well, I can't say I haven't watched them in two years, so I have to come up with some nonsense. I do stand uh, by the thing, though. I don't like watching Duke and UNC play because it's very, 
you know, Saturday watch, night's game. Saturday night's game was incredible. I mean, was, when you watch rivals play and then the, you know, you hate the 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 other team. It, it's it's takes years off your life. Yeah, it sure does. Um, I watched right. with a Duke fan, and it was like formerly a state fan. I just found out. Yeah, that's right. And um, and we were at a buddy's house. So it was like all it was like a couple state fans, the Duke fan, and then. The guy's whose house it was, his wife is a Carolina fan. It was wearing a Carolina jersey, but wasn't being like, you know, or like aggressively excited about Carolina. And it was like just a very empty feeling for the whole, you know, when the game ended. You know, it's very because it was a great game and you have nothing at stake technically, but oh, it's just, oh, it's just dirty. Oh, I thought you made you feel bad for Coach K or something. I mean, Carolina fans have permanent bragging rights on them. Even though, even though he owns a 50 to 48 all time record. It's fifty to fifty now. No, no, fifty forty eight. I saw last. No, it's fifty to fifty. It's dead even now. I don't think so. But here's the thing: let's let's assume it's fifty to forty eight. Those last two wins are worth ten wins each. I feel like. Yeah, like, I'm I'm pretty sure that it's oh, maybe or maybe that includes the postseason. Like the I don't know. My point is that even if Coach K holds the the edge on paper. Those last two wins have to feel like a swift kick in the, the go nest. Yeah, Carolina knocked him out of the regular season at home, embarrassed him, and then took him out of the Final Four. It's, it's a tough scene. Um, anywho, you hate to uh, see. NFL draft. 50-50, by the way. Thank you. There you go. Fake news. I'm not falling for that fake news. Got it, Mike McDonald. The, the, Mike McDaniel. Does it feel this this week with just the Masters and like what's going on with the tournament does feel like a brief draft lull, though, right? Like, Do you feel like you're a slight... No, I right. feel like that last, like the final four and like the the the, final, the elite eight final four actually felt more like that. I totally forgot about the Masters, except for our buddy Joe Musso won't quit tweeting about uh, Tiger Woods driving up the friggin' driveway to Augusta. Well, I've, Tiger Woods playing in in the Masters, if he makes the cut, doubly so. You're just gonna have like I think there's not as, just not as much attention on the draft as there will be in the like come out of the Masters, and it's gonna be a two week. Is it roughly two weeks? Isn't that right, right? Two and a half weeks? Three yeah, weeks? Yeah, two weeks after the Masters, thereabouts. 28th is when it starts on April. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an intense two weeks coming out of the Masters for sure. That's yeah, But this is what typically happens. Um, yes. Although last year, the year before, there wasn't, they didn't have the tournament, right? The, the NCAA tournament? That's right. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I can't keep up because everything's mushing together. But um, yeah, typically, right. So you, you get a little break with the Elite Eight Final Four week, and then the Masters sort of is another little respite before I mean, just from the perspective of like nobody's grinded on my maybe like nfl nfl writers and nfl the nfl media and nfl draft uh com, com but the twitterverse is not focused on the draft they're right. focused on the well, immediate but and, but and like hq too is not they're doing so right. much master stuff that you're not they're not trying to fill time with your draft stuff that'll change once we come out of this well we'll see i mean not to to push back T- tomorrow we're doing an hour show with prisco's mock draft so that's the, the day after the the NCAA tournament, and then you know sure. this and Masters Week hasn't technically started. I'm just saying you're not doing hits like every hour, right? Bro. That's right. Um, what? How do we feel about the? Did you have a mock draft come out today? Mm-hmm. What you think of it? Oh, I haven't read it. <laughs> he didn't even didn't even lie and say you loved it. Well, we're <laughs> not. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I don't. I don't look. I, this is literally 31. I'm fine if you haven't read it. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, I do you? It feels like the Thank consensus. You, I got it up to. It does feel like the it does feel like we've got a kind of a consensus forming though on the on this top two. I mean, do you think this is? Do you think that it's a smokescreen? Do you? I mean, do we feel that Aiden Hutchinson is is going one at this point? 
it, it feels like everybody in the media kind of just slotted him in there. And then maybe you have the, you, know, you have the two offensive tackles going next. I think that's perfect. Three offensive tackles actually in a row. Um, and the Panthers taking a quarterback. I, I guess, I, I guess my question is how confident are you in the way that this top 10 is sort of shaping up Ooh, boy. with, and maybe go top five if you want. Let's start top two. Top two, I feel really good about because let me ask you this: Who's going to go number two if it's not Tavon Walker? Like, just give me some some options. You think them? I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau. Icky, I, I would give that. A, I would put that at one percent. Okay, go ahead. I mean, Evan Neal or uh, uh, Nah. Detroit doesn't really need offensive linemen. Took an ACL yeah. last year, so they're okay there. And the only other real option, there are a couple, like you could say maybe Kyle Hamilton, I would put that at like 5%, and then maybe Malik Willis, I would put that at like at 6%. Okay. So that's 12%. thing just kind of cemented itself very quickly overnight. And I think in part because Thibodeau just hasn't sort of met expectations, fair or not, of the him trying to build his brand thing, which isn't even that unusual. A lot of these young guys want to do that. And, you know, you understand that on some level. I get it. Um, but I, I feel like this is, this feels like, this feels like Joe Burrow, Chase Young, almost like this feels pretty close to that. Like if Joe okay. Burrow, Chase Young was 95% certain, this feels like I give this like 80% certainty, 75% certainty, Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker. I'm going to give a, uh, a quick shout out to the favorite pod. I produce all things covered. We had Shaquille Griffin on, um, <laughs> for an interview that dropped today. <laughs> He was all about the Jaguars drafting Trevon Walker number one overall. Ooh, he would, he said, you know, I'd, I'd be fine, obviously, with Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau, but he was all about Trayvon Walker. Really? Not that he's going to have say, but it, it seems like a lot of people are taking notice. Well, I'll have more say than he would have had under Urban. I'll give him that. I'll say this for if you consider that um, that the I'm trying to find the uh, 22 draft. If you consider that, man, these numbers have moved a little bit. Aiden Hutchinson down to minus 250. What was he? I, at least like up to like minus 400 or minus 500. And mm. Trayvon Walker plus 330 I see out there to be the first overall pick. To be the yeah. number two pick, number two overall pick, both Tra- Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson are plus 250. Malik Willis plus 450. Kayvon Thibodeau plus 550. Kyle Hamilton plus 750. Evan Neal, 12, Evan Neal and Nicky 12 to 1. So it doesn't feel like they necessarily have a totally firm grasp on how this is going to go. It it, it feels well, like, but what say the disclaimer that you always say about these draft props? They're reactionary. They're reactionary. Yeah, I, I guess I guess my point is, every mock I've read from reputable sources and yourself, maybe you didn't read mine today though. Oh yeah, I know. Have featured Hutchinson and Walker going one and two, and yet. Trayvon Walker is still two and a half to one to go number two overall and still lingering right there. I, I don't know. It just feels like the books are being a little bit cautious here. They don't want to get torched by suddenly Trayvon Walker is the guy at one and he was hanging out there at like 10 to one. Yeah, right. I get that. Or Aiden Hutchinson is, they don't want to make Aiden Hutchinson eight to one to go number two overall. And then when the Walker thing flip happens, it's like people pounce on on both sides. And Can you there. bet Aiden Hutchinson and Trevon Walker are the first two picks? Like in any order? Is that a, a bet you can make or not? Um, Because that's a bet I would love all day long. It has to be plus money, right? Maybe not. Even money? 
I don't know. That's a. I, I guess you could part. Let me see if you can parlay it. Um. Let's see. Oh, hold on. I was trying to find a. Let's see, pick number one. Do Hutchinson, and we'll do. Oh wait, excuse me. Sorry, I did the wrong thing. Oh yeah, there we go. And Trayvon Walker cannot be parlayed. So no. Want want. All right. Yeah, I mean, some places have exactas, so you could probably find those um, at some point. Oh, there you go. Minus 220 and three and a half to one over at uh, over at Caesars. Malik Willis, 10 to one. Yeah, that one, I'm not, I don't know about that. I guess you're assuming someone trades up, but I don't know who's doing that. Who's trading up when, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, yeah. I feel like, the, I feel like you can almost pencil on the Panthers for a, a quarterback at six. I don't. I just can't get a feel on it. Like um, Jonathan Alexander, who writes for the Charlotte Observer and does a really good job, had an interview with Scott Fitterer. It must be it must be the owners' meetings last week. And Fitterer, you, you remember where he came from? Seattle. And he gave a long explanation about how he was the one that mentioned Russ Wilson to John Schneider. I think I got that right. And how at the time in 2012, you know, no one was drafting a five ten quarterback in the first round, but they they thought of him as a first round talent. Now, I don't know if that's revisionist history or not, or if that's giving us insight into how the future may unfold. But I think the story there is that he's not afraid of of uh, small mobile quarterbacks who can throw the ball four miles. That said, the offensive line sucks in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Carolina would be better served drafting one of the offensive linemen, but I just feel like they are in this position where they're just going to panic and take Kenny Pickett at six. Oh, you think they take Kenny Pickett over? Did you, did you see the uh, did you see the interview with um with Thurrell on Panthers.com. Mm-mm. Oh, God, let me find it real quick. Um, was he talking about uh, picking in that one? Maybe that's his thing. He's just talking about every single quarterback. Uh, it, this quote is unbelievable. I thought we talked about this on the podcast, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's see. Here we Probably are. talked about on the podcast you do for other networks. I, why do people think I do? I don't understand that. I've just parodied what I heard from your boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is, um, I said this is Darren Gant, but I could be wrong. Uh, it basically it's asked, what do you, when you think about what you've done, this is the question. When you think about what you've done so far, there are still two big needs on this team, left tackle and quarterback. How do you balance the need to fill both spots in the context of the sixth overall pick in this year's draft? Also acknowledging, that, of course, that they don't have a second-round pick. Mm. Fitterer, I'm just going to read his quote. This will be interesting because the tackles will be the best players on the board, but we do need a quarterback, and at some point you have to take a shot, especially in the top ten. You hate to force it because when you force it, you could make a mistake. It's a unique quarterback class because there's not a clear number one, number two, number three. Like, who's the proven starter who can come in and play for you? That'll be the conversation we have for the next month, quarterback or left tackle. And we could always go pass rusher because Brian Burns is coming up. I mean, we'll do the option, the fifth-year option, but if that money gets out of hand, it's better to have somebody ready to go in the hopper. What kind of crazy-ass quote is that? I have a, I have a, As you were reading it, something popped into my, my very big brain. What if he's just smoke screening every single position and trying to scare people <laughs> trading up? Like he's trying, he's trying to scare teams into thinking we're looking at all these quarterbacks. We're crazy to take. Yeah, take one of the top ten, but we might take an edge rusher. So Kayvon Thibodeau, if he's sitting there, the the edge rusher felt like a oh wait crap. I meant to scare <laughs> Brian Burns' agents and make everybody. Right. Not, he was, not like everybody like te- completely telegraph who we're going to take. I he's like he's like you when you read the opening, you forget the part that Debo asked you to read. You have to go back and read that part. Go oh, by the way, I want to say I want to say one more thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, right. Sorry, my notes mentioned that I had to scare Brian Burns' agent into thinking we won't pay him. Like, All right, I got everything there. Okay, now we can move on. 3-3-0 old pass rusher you drafted in the first round has been like, great. That was a weird, that was a weird uh, add on there. Yeah, I, I think I think they're going, they're either taking one of the tackles and kicking the can down the road to next year, or they're oh, taking gosh. Kenny Pickett at six. I just don't know what you're going to, 
okay, let me ask you this. You take Kenny Pickett and you put him on a team where you draft 18 tackles and picks on the day, all the day three picks you have. What is this? How much better is this team this year than it was last year? If you draft Kenny Pickett for the mm-hmm. tackle, they're not much better. Are they better? I mean, are they even better? No. I mean, maybe a little bit because Christian McCaffrey's going to be healthy when they start the season, but who knows how it ends up? So now you're not going to be loads better with a left tackle either, but at least you're going in the right direction. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see how um like I go again, I go back to the Bills, the Bills thing and how they created a a a, a place to drop a quarterback in. Like dropping Kenny Pickett into this Panthers team is not gonna work. But if you get a left uh, an elite left tackle and you you know start to surround him with other pieces, you know, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, you signed to a contract extension, add some more pieces like that, and then you can drop a quarterback in maybe next year. That makes a lot more sense to me. So it know. does. I'm trying to find quickly the the quarterbacks draft in the first round over the last few years and just seeing if they were good situations. Here we go. So last year, we don't really know. I mean, Mac Wilson was in the best landing spot. He had the best season. No surprise there. Now, Joe Burrow was a pleasant surprise, and so was Justin Herbert. Uh, Jordan Love, we don't know about. To a right? TBD. Huh? To a TBD. Yeah, we'll find out quickly about him. Kyler Murray, that situation, they they sucked. They got, they got Josh Rosen the year before. Yeah. They turned it around. Daniel Jones, eesh, six overall. Dwayne Haskins, future Steelers Hall of Famer. Baker Mayfield. Now, he had opportunities to have success. Chose not to. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Didn't really have a chance. To, your guy, Josh Allen. Um, and then Lamar Jackson, the bottom of the first round. But he went to a spot that makes sense. And they built around it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think it just, you know, it just depends. Like, they traded for Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. The bill, the the Texans weren't terrible when they drafted Deshaun Watson, right? I think they had still been sort of either winning more than they lost or going to the playoffs under Bob. But Mr. Trubisky obviously was a complete and utter whiff. Yeah, so. I mean, it hasn't panned out very. It hasn't worked out very well for a long time to draft a quarterback in the first round and to throw him in a bad situation and hope that he drags that team up. There are very few and far between prospects who are capable of doing that. Hey, and Debo, was what, what were the Eagles like before they traded up for Carson Wentz? They weren't were they they weren't bad the year before, were they? So so that was the Sam Bradford year where Bradford okay. was okay and they were just all right, but it was uh. Chip Kelly, the last of, of Chip Ooh. Kelly. So things definitely didn't end well that season prior to Carson Wentz. Gotcha. But there were things you could work with. I want to say seven and nine that year. Not a big, uh, Shady McCoy, not a big fan of what's his face there before he got fired. Seven and nine for the Eagles, 2015. I mean, the Panthers would would sacrifice a, a baby goat to have seven, seven wins next year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe six. Um, anyway, six, all right, six baby goats or six wins. That's enough about the pain. All right. So actually, you know what? That brings us to trade. Well, we'll do trade up candidates first and we'll take a break. But because um, I think the Panthers would be dying to trade down trade up candidates. So uh, in this draft, you have and this isn't that surprising. The wow. Somebody in the chat says, Ryan, look for Sam Howell to go number two to Detroit. I have him going number 32 to Detroit, my latest mock draft, and Sam Howell is my number two quarterback. So I don't hate it. Now, I know teams aren't as high on Sam Howell as I am. Some of them aren't. But um, I've come around to him, man. I like Sam Howell. 
It's tough. If they, if they took Sam Howell second overall, that would be a that'd be something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you could get him at thirty-two, maybe even to the second round, but we'll find. All right, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna change one of my trade up guys. Yeah, I was gonna. I gave you that one because I knew they were very similar to the one that I had. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw actually the Detroit Lions in as a possible trade up candidate. Let's talk about that because okay. they, they have, have one in thirty two and they have one thirty two and thirty four. Two thirty two. Two thirty two. Sorry, yeah. Thirty four and sixty six sixty six and ninety seven. And the reason why I want to include them now, actually, shout out to QB Film Room in the comments. Detroit, the Lions could, if they take, let's say they take uh, Trayvon Walker or Icky or Evan Neal, however you want to do it. Mm-hmm. You take one of those guys, maybe you take Sauce Gardner, do whatever you want. Take, take one of the top end players. Sure day. How high can the Lions get with 32 and 34? Oh, man, I wish you'd give me a second. You sound like me asking you a question. Let me pull up RJ, our guy RJ White's uh, draft tracker machine, and I'll tell you. All exactly. right, well, while you're looking it up, let me ask you this, Devo. Would you give up number 15 for 32 and 34? That is a huge advantage to Detroit, probably. No, huge probably advantage. The Eagles, probably the Eagles. Right, yeah. yeah. So you should be able to get to, let me see, you should be able to get to about pick 12 or 13, like 12 and a half, so 13-ish. Okay. You maybe have to throw it in a seven. Yeah, my, my silence was me thinking about it, but I lean yes for sure. Yeah, you I think, think I mean, considering you also have 16 and 19, clearly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're not, I mean, all of a sudden, if you're the Eagles, you'd have 16, 19, 32, and 34. Like two top 35 picks in this draft is extremely valuable. And then you have to clear out uh, millions of dollars of cap space to pay all these first round picks. That's right. Um, I don't, the Texans at 13 might be interested in trading down. But wait a second. You're talking about the Lions moving up. What are they interested in? Why would they move up to 15? Sam Howell. Oh, you don't need to go that far. I think they're fine. How high do you think you need to go? Uh, thirty-two or thirty-four <laughs> might be just exactly <laughs> where you need to be for Sam Howell. Well, I do think I do think we've talked about this a lot on the pod. That it, to to me, it would be once you get past twenty with the Steelers, I don't think it's wide ass open. I don't think you're going to see a quarterback taken because here are the teams after them: the, the Patriots, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Bills. The Titans. Titans might. Titans could be a, a candidate. The Bucks, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and then the Lions. But right. the problem is when you start to look at that second round, and I've, I've mentioned this, I'm sure, before, but the people who – the teams drafting early in the second round are not really candidates to spend a bunch of draft capital and come flying up into that 32 range. So if you're Detroit, do you feel like you need to get above Tennessee to get Sam Howell? No, not for Sam Howell. If there's another quarterback, like a Kenny Pickett or someone, you have to get above uh, probably the Saints at 18. I don't think NFL teams are as high on Sam Howell as, as I am. and as, as um, Or they're smokescreening, being quiet about it. They could be. But so um, get above – wait, which team did you say they need to get above? Oh, Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's taking – I mean, they need to have huge needs along the offensive line. Um. Debo, would you take uh, 32 and 66 for pick number 19? Probably not. Let's see. 32 and 66 for pick number 19? Yeah. Let's see what all the RJ machine says. Oh, my gosh. It's 240 points to 240 points. That's pretty even. 
<laughs> yeah, someone said that's exactly the same. No, I like Ryan's not to go too eagle centric, but I like Ryan's today, and I think he's had it a couple times. I'm really locked in on on Jamison Williams at this point. Yeah, I think that would be huge. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So Jameson had him taking Trent McDuffie this week, and then had him taking Nicobe Dean. People are sleeping on Nicobe Dean. Are there any teams that don't have a first round pick that you would be worried about, like trying to get back in to maybe sneak someone like Hal? I mean, the teams without a first round pick are the Niners, Bears, Broncos, Browns, Colts, Dolphins, Raiders, Rams, which is just a ton of teams, by the way. Yeah, a ton of teams. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this the other day, too. Like, is this more less need or just sort of randomly happening? But I don't think, like, the, the Browns obviously aren't. Um, the Seahawks actually have the ninth pick, even though their 10th pick is the Jamal Adams pick that went to the Jets. Um, where's Denver picking? Denver is – oh, what? oh, Denver's out of it. That's right. So uh, they have Russ Wilson. I'm trying to do the math there. Like, the Colts feel like the most likely team, maybe, but they don't pick till 42 – and then it would mean they'd have to give up some. I think they have a. They would have to give up some other stuff, like future one or something, to get up there. Not, I don't know. Not worth it when you're committed to Matt Ryan for probably two years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think a Colts are a team that you're looking at. Maybe the Falcons. They have the eighth pick. Uh, I mean, I was talking about in the second round, moving up for the second round. Yeah, that's about 10, 11 spots to get back into the bottom of the first. Yeah, again, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nobody at the top of the second round that is likely to trade up for a quarterback unless it's maybe the Seahawks. The Seahawks or the Falcons at 40, 41, and 43, but that's just too expensive to get back into the first round. Well, let's see. The, the Ravens in 2018 traded up with Debo's Eagles to number 32 for Lamar. Lamar. I'm trying to look at the compensation. The Ravens sent their 52nd, 125th, and 2019 second-round picks in exchange for the Eagles' 32nd and 132nd. So they went from 52nd to 32nd. All it cost them was a 2019 second-rounder and what looks like a fourth-rounder. And they swapped fourth-rounders with the Eagles. Jeez, that doesn't feel like a lot. Yeah. cheap. Okay. I'm sure that's right. I'm reading it. <laughs> unless my unless I suddenly have a case of dyslexia and I'm reading it backwards, but I think that's right. Hmm. Yeah. So that second round pick, a fourth round pick, and a 2019 second rounder to Philly in exchange for number 32 and uh, the Eagles' fourth round pick in that same year in 18. Hmm. So maybe it is. Uh, I don't. I don't know why they did that. Maybe because they they gave uh, John Harbaugh a professional courtesy because he once played for the once coached the Eagles. Man, I don't. I All right. Um, so anyway, I think I think that the Lions, I think the Lions are at least like a viable team to possibly trade up and move around if they have their eyes on a particular quarterback. Yeah, no, that's right. Because they have the draft capital to slide up and to go and get like if, if they say, "Man, we love Malik Willis. He's in a he's he's sliding," or we love Sam Howell, but we're the Steelers are going to pounce. We love Matt Corral. We think the Titans will take him. They have the ammunition ammunition to get as high as twelve or to move up to like 19 ahead of the Steelers, I would not be shocked if the the Lions were potentially active if they want to come away with a quarterback in, in the first round of this draft. Uh, you have the Packers as a team that could trade up 
Uh, what is is the intention there? Like package two picks and go get a wide receiver? Yeah, and, and in fact, um, this mock draft came out Monday had him taking two wide receivers. Um, sort of a joke, but also they they desperately need wide receivers. They don't have no one on that roster besides um, Lamar Rogers. They have uh, Randall Cobb, and I think they have who else do they have? Um, uh, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Alan, it's Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. I can't remember. Amari Rogers, Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, Come on. Rico Gafford, right. Randall, Randall Cobb. Yeah, so I had him taking two guys. I had him taking at number 22, Traylon Burks, who I absolutely love at Arkansas. And then at 28, I had him taking Chris Olave. Uh, and you can swap those two around if you want, if it makes you feel better, if you like one better than the other. But um, either way, uh, if there's... I don't think there's a, a huge chance that they're all those guys are gone. They could be like the Steelers could end up drafting a wide receiver at 20. Although they typically like to wait till day two to get those guys. Yeah, that'd be surprising. Um, well, they, I mean, their, their wide receiver group ain't exactly setting the world on fire either. They lost a bunch of guys. Um, but even that said 22 and 28, you don't even need to trade all those picks. You can, you can trade some, some day two picks or whatever to, to move up even four or five or six spots to, to try to, you may even want to uh, leapfrog the, the Eagles there at when they start picking at 15, if you want to get in on the Jameson Williams week six, if you don't think he's going to be there. Saints have always been willing to trade down. Maybe you could, if you see what the, you see what the Eagles do at 15 and 16 and then call Tom Telesco at 17 or, or um, I guess Mickey Loomis slash Jeff Ireland at 18 to see, yeah. if, see if, you know, if the Eagles don't take a wide receiver with one of the first two picks and just one of the guys is sitting there on the board, they could move up there for sure. Here, look up, look up the, um, the uh, Packers picks real p- quick, and then I want to see if you can. You think you can trade a, a fourth rounder, that first a twenty number twenty two, and whatever the fourth rounder is to get up to eighteen. The Packers have twenty two and twenty eight, fifty three and fifty nine, ninety two, one thirty two, and one forty in the first four rounds. Oh, let's see if you can get one thirty two gets you to eighteen oh, from twenty two. Dang. Um, not quite. It won't quite get you to 18. What's, what's the pick they have before 132? 90, 92. That's going to be too much, I bet. Yeah. So 92. No, that's you about do, even. You do 92 and 28, maybe. Let's see what that does. It gets you to 18. Yeah. 22 and 92 is actually pretty close to 18. So that's, that's what you're looking at. So that's a third rounder in the, 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 you know, just, just past half. Then you would have picks 18 and picks 22. Ooh. Which, which would allow you to really get two wide receivers there. And, and do you said, oh, no, you would have picks 18 and 28. You have to get 22 and 92 to get to 18. Oh, you do. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty steep. I think yeah. I'd rather sit at 22. So if for, all right, here's, here's, here would be my takeaway on the Packers possible trades. I'm okay with them trading up in the first round to target wide receivers. If they, if they have a, uh, if they have a conviction on one of them. I don't like the idea of packaging the two first round picks to move up. No, to get a wide receiver. I think that, you need to come away with two legitimate shots at filling your, you know, the number one B to Alan Lazard or like the, the I mean, right. The difference is, and I, I, um, I mentioned this last week and you can follow up with your pick if you want, or go in another direction. Last week in that mock draft, I had 29 and 30, the chiefs trading up in addition to a fourth round pick to move to 10, to get Garrett Wilson, because they have much fewer needs than the Packers and Garrett Wilson's going to be awesome. And I feel well, like he, right. Like if you're, if you're the chiefs and you go trade for Garrett Wilson, you feel like you have enough where let's say he's not ready year one. You you can win, you can win without him in year one, without him being an immediate impact contributor. The Packers cannot the Packers have to hit on one of these receivers. Yes. There may be three of them. 
Yeah, maybe six of them. Uh, okay, you also have the Steelers as a trade-up candidate. Do you really think Kevin Colbert does that again? I think it may be this situation. They drafted 20, and then they pull up Ravens, try to get back into uh, the bottom of the, the first round for a quarterback because um, we just mentioned the compensation that the Ravens had to give up, which is virtually nothing. The Steelers had the 52nd pick this year. So 52nd and 138 should get you to uh, – and next year's second should get you to the bottom – uh, perhaps can talk the the Lions into swapping. I mean, I would certainly charge more than that if I were Detroit. It feels I don't understand what the story is because that feels like it's incredibly cheap. What the Ravens? Well, were what's the what's the do, what's the trade chart say on thirty two versus? Let's see what old RJ says. So fifty two and a future. I mean, a future second is a valuable pick. I think. Yeah, that's true. Fifty two, uh, one thirty eight. Is that what it is? Yeah. Let's see. And then. Middle of the second round is let's say 45. 45. Yeah, that's I guess I guess so. So get to 32. And uh it's huge advantage for the Lions. <laughs> it's like 169 points to 231 points. So let's say they the Steelers actually make it to the playoffs again. Uh get 50 the picks 55 now. So it's still a huge advantage to the Lions. So that yeah, actually so, works out. So the Eagles actually they made the smart move and they were like, all right, this looks kind of crappy on, on its face. And even when you throw in the similarly priced fourth round picks. And I, I did that just for the Lions. It's still in favor of the Lions. Yeah. So I think if the Lions are if the Lions are not dead set on drafting a quarterback at 32, and it's entirely possible, or their guy gets taken ahead of them, I think that's something they would absolutely consider. Let, let's because say the they're going to pick at 34. So that's the other thing. You exactly. Know? So why wouldn't you trade back, get more assets? And there's a possibility that the Steelers aren't very good in 2022. And that second round pick is, is, is top 10 in the second round. So given where the Lions are in their rebuild, I think that's a – you know, dovetails nicely with um, the idea that they, you know, they're a team that they're a team that should be active trading because they want to either accumulate more picks or strike and, and get somebody else. Uh, right. The other team that I had, and you mentioned them uh, trade up, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, twenty nine and thirty are a nice pack. Like you can get pretty high with twenty nine and thirty. I think. Don't get high in your own supply. Yeah, I mean, you can, as you point out, you had them going up to ten. Yeah, I think they had to swap day three picks with the Jets, but yeah, right. you can get up to ten. Yeah, or I mean, like I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks were willing to listen about number nine for twenty nine and thirty, just because of how the Seahawks operate and how they need for they need more picks and they need more bodies, and they might feel like they could get a quarterback there or even trade back down. I think there's a lot of teams if the if the Chiefs are indeed targeting a specific wide receiver. I think there's a lot of teams where they could make a move here. Uh, all right, let's take a break, and when we come back, teams who could trade down next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. 
Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You have the Texans, uh, Texans and Jets. These both make a ton of sense. Both have two picks in the top 15. Both have potentially talked about uh, having a franchise quarterback. The Jets, we don't think are drafting a quarterback. Texans, I guess, still could, but Davis Mills was yeah. like Davis Mills is the top quarterback in this um, draft class, right? Yeah, he's the second best quarterback in last year's class in terms of the way they play. Now, I don't think he was actually number two, but the reality is he, he wasn't terrible. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think Houston and New York probably say put at four, at three and four, respectively. And then with their second first rounders, number 10 for, for New York and number 13 for, um, Houston, they could be in in the in the trade down business because teams will be looking for you'd be looking for a cornerback here. Like you'd be looking for like a Derek Stingley. You'd be looking for although the the Vikings are at twelve, so you might have to do something there. So maybe that's the Jets pick at ten. You want to get Derek Stingley or Kayvon Thibodeau, or maybe even a Kyle Hamilton. Uh, that could be a possible trade up situation, and possibly even a quarterback. Uh, you know, I've been saying it for years now. I feel like I wouldn't take any of these quarterbacks in the top ten, but I imagine someone will want to. And uh, if the Panthers take one at six, that means that's no Malik or no Kenny Pickett to be taken there afterwards. So maybe 10 or 13 is also a landing spot for one of those quarterbacks for a team looking to move up. I, I like this idea a lot because what's available at 10 for the Jets and what's available at 13 for the Texans is obviously inherently reliant on what teams like the Falcons and Seahawks and Panthers do. You know, Are they going to reach for quarterbacks? Are they going to take, you know, because like, let's say, let's just say hypothetically that the Panthers take Kenny Pickett and the Falcons take Malik Willis. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a likely scenario. Who knows? I mean, Marcus Mariota, you're going to put your future in him. Right, exactly. And and Willis is like a a local guy. Uh, If that happens, it's extreme. I mean, one of these top tier players, whether it's Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, one of the tackles, which would be crazy. Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, Charles Cross, even who's the third best uh, offensive lineman in this class, um, Devin Lloyd, you know Derek Stingley, Drake London, Jermaine Johnson. You know, one of these guys is going to be, or you know, one, two of these guys are going to be available at 10, 13. You know, the point being is like when you start taking, when you start overdrafting for quarterbacks, it pushes the talent at the other positions down, and that might be a spot where. If the Texans, like the Texans aren't sold on a guy or the Jets aren't sold on a guy and somebody offers two first round picks to come up and, or a future first, or, you know, whether it's the Packers or the Chiefs, they want to come up and, and snipe a wide receiver. As you point out, um, you know, it could be a case of like, I mean, the Eagles could be looking, Eagles could be thinking, all right, we've got these three first round picks, but let's, you know, maybe package something and get to 13 to grab a guy we want ahead of Baltimore or even, you know, jump up to 11 and grab a Stingley jury or whatever it is. That, that the 10 and 13, after the Jets and Texans have already secured the services of one elite player, it's they're much more likely to trade down out of that second first round pick to try and get more assets, I think. 
Nope, I think that's exactly right. In fact, I was looking at the 2018 draft when we had all those guys, those quarterbacks go early. Baker, obviously, first, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and then Josh Rosen. Um, that pushed, it will still remains hard to wrap our brains around. Durbin James went 17th. So, I mean, there'll be guys like that that fall. Right, exactly. Like if Derwin James is, if, if you have a, if Kyle Hamilton's falling in this draft class, I'm not saying he's Derwin James, but just, you know, maybe, maybe somebody's willing to jump up to 10 and snipe him, you know? Yep, absolutely. Um, the two teams I put down as possible trade down candidates are one, the Panthers at six. And mm-hmm. I know that sort of flies in the face of the logic that they need to take a quarterback and they're sort of stuck in, stuck in that spot and kind of banged on it. But let's say that. Some uh, let's say that okay, the the Giants have a sandwich around the Panthers, right? The, the Giants are eating a Panther sandwich, which is probably disgusting and tastes like poo. <laughs> the you if you think the Panthers are taking a quarterback, like I think the Giants are, if the Giants are picking between let's say Kyle Hamilton or Kayvon Thibodeau, and an offensive lineman at five, I would expect them to take the offensive lineman because Carolina is so left tackle desperate that if Icky or Evan Neal are there, and I don't know about Charles Cross, but if Icky or Evan Neal are there at six, I think they might pull the trigger and try and figure out the quarterback spot later, like trade a future first and a future second to move back up or something, you know, whatever the hell they want to do. Mm-hmm. Something, something dumb. If you're a team that wants to, so the Giants take that offensive lineman and then sitting there at six, Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Sauce Gardner, you know, you know, pick out whoever you want. If if it's somebody you think the Giants might take at seven, I wouldn't be surprised if a team was willing to try to move up on the cheap to six and Carolina was willing to move down because they that means they can get their quarterback later in the draft and add an asset. Yeah. Like, they don't have a second round pick as well. Like if the Jets go, as in your mock, they go Evan Neal and they think that the Giants are going to take Kayvon Thibodeau at seven. Maybe the Jets are willing to give up something to the Panthers. Maybe they give them back their second round pick. That would be and move awesome. Up to, and move up to six. So basically, they just you, you know you, you you get you move up to six. You grab Kayvon Thibodeau there, and you give the Panthers back their second round pick, or you give them back a, a, a you know a, a different second round pick. I think Carolina would be interested in doing that because, or maybe even a third round pick, because they need picks, and that might be a sweet spot if teams think they can they can snipe the Giants there. Uh, the other one is the Seahawks for. I think fairly obvious reasons they're, you know, they have this ninth overall pick. They very rarely pick high in the draft. This is from Denver. Although Seattle's pick is actually would have been one, one slight one better, but they would have been 10th before they gave it to the jets. And we just have a history of the Seahawks being willing to trade down in the draft. And again, at nine, wouldn't be surprising at all. If there were some guy, like if two, you know, two quarterbacks are taken and all of a sudden at nine, you have sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, Devin Lloyd, Stingley, Drake London. I'm just sort of running through your mock draft. Maybe, you know, maybe even Garrett Wilson is there. Maybe Thibodeau is there. Maybe it's a maybe it's a quarterback that somebody wants to come get and Seattle doesn't want to take one. Mm-hmm. Seattle, John Schneider's just shown such an interest in trading down in the draft, particularly in the first round, that it wouldn't be shocking at all if they got off a nine. No. And then make some pick that no one saw coming because that seems to be their their MO. Who would be the who would be the Seahawk pick? Oh my gosh. Um it would be I'm trying to think. It would be something crazy. Who's the running back from NC State? Is that Bam Knight? Bam Knight, yeah. Yeah, it'd be Bam Knight. Bam seemed to think he was probably more like a day three pick. 
Well, that's why he would go in the first round of the Seahawks. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, I, I think he could be a late day two pick, but he just, when I was talking, he's to him, good. Yeah, he's, he's good. Cool. And he, he's, he said, actually, uh, Ricky Pershing out of NC State said the Seahawks have talked to him. Seahawks and Bam said the Bills and the Jets he had talked to a lot. There you go. So for whatever that's worth. All right. Yeah. He'd be good any other uh, any other thoughts on uh, teams that could trade up, trade down? No, I think Debo wants you to to tease tomorrow's show though. Yeah, that's right. Draft prop show tomorrow. I think you mentioned teasing it like an hour ago, but that's fine. <laughs> draft prop show tomorrow. We will be live at one p.m. going over draft props, over unders, positional. You know, who goes first, who goes second, all kinds of great stuff. So make sure and fire up the YouTubes at 1 o'clock. Turn on alerts, and you'll get notified when we go live. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. For Wilson, I'm Brinson, and we will see you guys later. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.